Village Market's such a creative space to be in and right here in Burley Heads, it's full of artists, uh, musicians, you know, great food. How did you come up with this idea? We were travelling to Sydney and Melbourne a lot for work, knew there were great markets down there, design focused markets, fashion markets and just wondered why the Gold Coast didn't have anything similar. Um, so after being made redundant, had a bit of spare time on our hands um, and thought, well, why don't we start something? So in the space of about, probably about five months, we did up a business plan, went to council, um, approached the school and sort of got everything up and running. And how did that picture look uh, when you were doing your business plan and, and, and in your mind and, and on paper? Yeah. How did it look then compared to what it is now? When we started, we didn't have live music, we didn't have food. It was just essentially, you know, marquees on the school oval and we started with nine stores. So it was pretty small. I suppose now it's just so much, it's a bigger event, it's all encompassing. We've got, um, you know, we have local musicians, we have a lot of foodies, um, we host journalists regularly th um, through Queensland Tourism. Um, it's become a real draw card for the Gold Coast. Were you scared about starting this business was, was there was there any doubt in your mind no i don't think so i think one because marissa and i were doing it together you kind of don't doubt things i think as much when you've got someone with you um, and secondly it was never started as a business there wasn't that intention it was kind of more of a hobby um so yeah there wasn't yeah great so burly heads is obviously going fine yeah um is it a big secret that you're thinking about? No, no, we've been looking. Growing? We've been looking uh, for a long time. It's just there's a lot of markets starting, um, and I think at the, particularly on the Gold Coast, the council is there's a lot of council red tape. We faced a lot when we started eight years ago, and now it's even. I guess the red tape's even wider, you could say, um, which is crazy to think. But um, so that that would probably be one of our biggest hurdles. How has the business? side of your learning played out. Did that play out well when you were doing your business plan? I worked while studying so I didn't, I studied at night, went to lectures at night, shoots at night and my first job was as marketing assistant for um, Mantra Resorts, so Mantra Resort Group. So I was really lucky I had an amazing boss who kind of let me just do anything. It was pretty hands-on um, and I worked with some great mentors there. So I think um, when we initially started, yeah, it's easy to bang out a business plan like you've been taught, but it's in, you know, when it comes to actually implementing it, having uni and the practical experience behind us, it really made our business plan just work. Yeah. yeah. I just want to touch on, you know, that, that starting point again. And did you raise capital or was it savings or was no, it? No, it was savings. So yeah, we just used our own savings to start. We've never borrowed money. We've always been a cash business and that's something that we're really proud of. I mean, initially no one would lend us money. It was in 2008, GFC's just hit. There's no way a bank's giving anyone any money, yeah, particularly yeah. not, yeah. you know, we put our hand up and they're like, I don't think so. But now, you know, we get letters every week from our bank offering us overdrafts and loans oh, and things, yeah. but which is quite funny. But yeah, we're, um, yeah, have never borrowed money and I don't think probably ever will. Have you had any doubts along the way? There are definitely times, um, when you can doubt what you're doing and doubt yourself. Um, Marissa and I have kind of formulated, it works for us, but you know, we could, something could happen and we could get really fired up about it or think, oh, 
God, why is this happening to us? And we'll always draft an email or draft a letter and we just read it to each other and go, we'll sleep on it. And then of course the next morning, we're never sending it. We just, <laughs> we always just write something down, look at it, have a laugh the next day and think, oh well, just let it go. And I think we've, we've learned to become really resilient um, and we just never take no for an answer. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah. Don't be afraid of the no, absolutely. Yeah, you get a lot yeah. of no's and um, yeah, it's just sometimes it's just, part, it's just part of the journey. This episode of Mental Revolution is proudly supported by Advanced Queensland, Griffith University and the University of Queensland and is produced by Me Media. I'm your host Chris Hogan and you are with us for Mental Revolution where we make the entrepreneurship journey less lonely. Here I have with me co-founder of The Village Markets, Sarah Scholler. Welcome Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, thanks for having me. Village Markets, such a creative space to be in and right here in Burley Heads, I visit it regularly, um, it's, it's full of artists, uh, musicians, you know, great food and, uh, you know, you, you being co-founder, how did you come up with this idea? Oh, I suppose um, for Marissa and I, we were both working together. Um, were made redundant at the beginning of the GFC, um, lost our jobs. So we were both working in marketing and events. Um, we travelled a lot for work and we knew um, that the Gold Coast was missing something. So we knew we were travelling to Sydney and Melbourne a lot for work, we knew there were great markets down there, design focused markets, fashion markets, and just wondered why the Gold Coast didn't have anything similar. Um, so after being made redundant, we had a bit of spare time on our hands. Um, and thought, well, why don't we start something? We've been talking about it for long enough at work over the water cooler, as you do over coffee. Um, yeah, so in the space of about, probably about five months, we did up a business plan, went to council, um, approached the school and sort of got everything up and running. Um, I guess our intention was always just to create a really cool community space um, for creatives. It was never gonna be a business, I don't think. It was always more just a hobby. Um, but yeah, and now here, almost eight years on, yeah, it's become a full-time job and yep. yeah, growing quite rapidly and uh, we have a database of over a thousand um, local small businesses and creatives. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. Excellent. So paint the picture a little bit for us. You know, it's, it's held here at Burley Heads. Yep. It's not every weekend. No, the markets are currently on at Burley Head State School on the first and third Sunday of every month. Um, they run from 8.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, we have everything from your food, stalls, food trucks, street eats. Um, we have live music on two stages um, from local acts. So we have a busking stage and then we have a main stage. Um, and then we have the core of the markets, which is our fashion, art, design, and vintage stores. So we have up to 110 of those every market. And how did that picture look uh, when you were doing your business plan and, and, and in your mind and, and on paper? Yeah. How did it look then compared to what it is now? I suppose when we started, the essence of the markets has stayed the same. We really wanted to create an event that was family friendly, um, I guess had that real cultural feel about it. Um, when we started, we didn't have live music, we didn't have food. It was just essentially, you know, marquees on the school oval. And we started with nine stores. 
So it was pretty small. Um, we had a rack sale where we do the pre-loved and vintage wardrobe sales as well. So that was there, that was part of the markets which remains today. But um, I suppose now it's just so much, it's a bigger event, it's all encompassing. We've got, um, you know, we have local musicians, we have a lot of foodies, um, we host journalists regularly th um, through Queensland Tourism. Um, it's become a real draw card for the Gold Coast, which is nice and we often hear people say, I can't believe this is on the Gold Coast. This is just not what I expected, which is, I guess, just breaking down that, you know, perception that the Gold Coast has, that glitz and glamour. I think people really are surprised when they come to the markets that there's so much substance. Yeah, it's mm. a very earthy feel. And yeah. I think I was there for maybe the first or, or third event that you ever held. And yeah. I remember how small it was yeah. and, and how boutique it was. And, and, and now, I absolutely love going there on a weekend and enjoying that beautiful food and the awesome music. And it's kind of funny, um, I can't, I can't even imagine the village markets without that now. Yeah. You know. So whereas I loved it before, so yeah. and what it is now. So, what was the first day of business like? Was it? Bruce <laughs> <laughs> and I still laugh about it. I think we walked around with clipboards um, and collected email addresses as good marketers do, <laughs> to send out an email campaign. So we, um, yeah, we just basically getting everyone's email addresses in here. We'll build this great email database and it was pretty small um, and we used, you know, our, our backgrounds. We got a bit of press for the event, that sort of thing, and the bully. And um, that was sort of our main focus. Um, and just, we used MySpace, as you, you know, back in the day, um, sort of drawing in more stallholders, contacting people. Um, so yeah, that's what I guess the first day for us was just a, l a lot of nerves about well, what are we doing? But um, yeah, just more about yeah starting to build that database and you know building that community. Yeah. Yeah, we still have storeholders who came to the very first market who still attend now. Yeah. yeah. Were you scared about starting this business? Was, was there was there any doubt in your mind? No, I don't think so. I think one because. Marissa and I were doing it together. You kind of don't doubt things, I think, as much when you've got someone with you. Um, and secondly, it was never started as a business. There wasn't that intention. It was kind of more of a hobby. Um, so yeah, there wasn't, yeah. So you were still working? Yeah, yeah, well, we weren't at the time. We were both unemployed. I think we were both doing a bit of freelance work. Um, and then Marissa started with the Gold Coast Suns, so she was part of their foundation marketing team and I started at Zarafa's Coffee. I was the marketing manager there for about three years. Um, so we both did full-time jobs and juggled the market, so it was a lot of night work, working on weekends, um, and then it just got to the point where the markets had grown so much that, yeah, we decided to leave our full-time jobs um, and just focus on the markets and do a bit of freelance marketing work for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Was that a little bit scary? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think um, leaving any job or that security, you know, of cons you know getting a paycheck every week to running your own business and paying yourself and all that sort of thing, definitely is scary. Um, and I think it, for us, it was more of that um, the excitement of being in control of your own brand, having worked for other businesses and other brands for so long, um, you know, there's always a chain of command and getting approvals and it's really refreshing to be able to jump into your own business and just do whatever you want, and not have to ask anyone for approval and 
you know, be able to do anything if it was a bit outrageous or a bit crazy, just do it anyway. Extremely liberating. Yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah, awesome. And so uh, you, you're in a partnership, as, as we've somewhat alluded to, yep. um, with Marissa, and you both went to uni, you both did the, the same degree. Mm -hmm. Were you in the same year as well? We, we did go to uni at the same time, but we didn't know each other at uni. So it was really weird. Our paths have crossed a few times growing up on the Gold Coast, but we didn't actually meet until we were working together. So we both worked together for a finance company. Um, Marissa was in like the events side of the marketing team and I was in the more corporate side of the marketing team. So we have different sort of skills. Um, yeah, and that's where we met. We just used to talk a lot at work about how much we love shopping and markets and, you know, why didn't the Gold Coast have a fashion market? So yeah, that's where the sort of idea started. Cool. So you touched on you have, you, you both have uh, strengths in, in different areas. Yep. Um, tell me about the, how those strengths complement one another. Like what's the importance of, of that? Um, I think for us initially it was, it was really good. We divided up our tasks. We've kind of always done that, divided up our tasks. Um, so we both know who does what. Um, one of us will do, you know, all the PR, the other will do the advertising, that sort of thing. Um, but we often switch to make sure we're across the whole business. So we've always done, you know, if one of us is doing the accounts, we'll always swap it up and just make sure that each other knows what's going on. Um, but definitely works to your advantage when you work to your strengths. If, you know, one of you is better at creative writing or um, graphic design, um, we've always kind of played on those strengths. So that's been really good for our partnership. It's just meant, um, I guess, that we've been able to have a really strong brand. Um, there's the two of us, so two heads are better than one. It's, yeah, it's kind of worked really well. Yeah. And is that, that whole change of task, is that, um, excuse me, we just got a car leaving outside. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's gonna pick it up on the mic, but we'll wait for them to leave. Um, jumping on to those tasks that maybe you know, not even your strength, but mm -hmm. um, maybe that you just don't liken to yep. as much as, as the other stuff that you've been doing. Um, do you just suck it up? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, especially for us, being um, in a partnership has really worked well for us. You know, there's always holidays, there's been babies. So it's kind of meant that when either of us is away or isn't, un, you know, isn't available to work, the other can just pick up where, it's been left off so it's never really been like oh my god I don't know what I'm doing I don't know how to do accounts or I don't know how to you know send out a newsletter campaign it's always kind of been I'm across this it's fine I can just pick up and keep going um, I think that's important in business you know as much as you outsource things you don't like doing and aren't time efficient or for you um, it's always kind of important to have your sort of head across everything that's going on otherwise you can sort of lose track of things yeah yeah so what stage of the business are you at now? Is it just both of you working in it? So we um, both work, Marissa and I both do sort of uh, admin and marketing. We have event staff on the day who help us. Um, so we have two or probably two or three staff um, at each market. Um, and we're yeah, currently looking at expanding a new location. So there definitely will be the opportunity to hire, I guess, more admin and sort of those sort of staff. But um, yeah, as I mentioned before, we're just implementing tools to kind of streamline the business and make um, lessen the admin load um, so we can do more of our, you know, creative side. So starting new events, marketing, 
yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, great. So Burley Heads is obviously going fine. Yeah. Um, is it a big secret that you're thinking about? No, no, we've been looking. Growing? We've been looking uh, for a long time. It's just there's a lot of markets starting. Um, and I think at the, particularly on the Gold Coast, the council is, there's a lot of council red tape. We faced a lot when we started eight years ago and now it's even, I guess the red tape's even wider, you could say, um, which is crazy to think. But um, so that, that would probably be one of our biggest hurdles is council. Um, and then just finding suitable locations. So we're definitely looking at heading north, sort of more northern New South Wales, um, and then looking other states as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So That's cool. Exciting. Yeah, we get a lot of inquiries, people who might live in Sydney or Perth or Melbourne who wonder why there isn't a, a village markets there and interested in starting one or franchising. So yeah, we're just kind of trying to start nutting out that sort of concept. That's exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. It is. And so for the small businesses that are there, most of them mm. are small businesses, I imagine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tell us a bit about how they get involved because I was at a recent event mm -hmm. uh, which was um, you know, held and the whole audience were basically the village market crew. They had either they'd previous storeholders or current storeholders and um, a lot of people started their businesses there. Yeah. And one of the things that I got from, from that night and listening to their stories was actually how important it was for their business to start mm. there and and the reason being is that they got um, this awesome feedback on their product or their wares yep and they got it immediately mm. and they got the reaction and they got they either got the nod that they were onto something or they got the yeah don't like that so much and, yep. and how important that was for starting their business so um, I know there's a lot of product there and there's a lot of fashion and and art and all mm -hmm. the rest of it. So who is most ideal for, I guess, coming to the markets and setting up a stand and and what's the cost? Yeah, so any sort of new, new business, new creative business, we'll definitely take a look at. We get all sorts of applications, you know, anything from sunglasses through to kids' clothing, body products, um, restored vintage furniture, vintage collectors. Um, yeah, we're kind of just, we're ha we'll look at any application in a, if, as long as it's got a creative essence. Yeah, we'd be happy to look at it. So I guess the process for getting a store is that um, storeholders apply via our website. Um, they fill in a detailed application form which comes through to us, which we then review. Um, and once they join the markets, I suppose they're getting access, they're getting that um, retail aspect that might not be feasible for a small business so you know you can't exactly start a small business selling a product and going to a major shopping center and have that connection point with customers but the markets really makes it affordable um, and reasonable for a small business just to you know come along bring a marquee set up their store and away they go they're in business in a day um, and the other thing I guess that's really important for our storeholders is um, the social media reach that our our business has. So we have over 40,000 Instagram followers, 45,000 Facebook followers. Um, we often get people who might be visiting from overseas going, oh yeah, I follow the village markets on Instagram, that's why I'm here. And um, they're picking up stockists and boutiques from our 
Instagram or, or Facebook account. So it means that they're not just there on market day, they've got that reach outside of market day, um, that really strong online presence as well. And that's really valuable. We're seeing a lot of storeholders come to the markets, grow their business so quickly and rapidly that they don't need, they don't come anymore. They move online, they move into boutiques, that sort of thing. So yeah, it's exciting to watch. I have to say from a marketing point of view that um, you're telling the story perfectly and it's not all about you. Yep. It's actually about the people that you're helping yeah. and the businesses that make up the markets. And yep. I guess that is perfect marketing. It's actually making superstars of yeah. your clients. And, and I think that story is told really well. I follow you on Instagram and, and I, you know, I, I love the story that gets told even when the markets aren't on and then that reminder, hey, it's on this weekend. Yeah. And I think that's fantastic. So Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you, you mentioned MySpace, but yeah. gone. They're pretty much <laughs> yeah. gone. Uh, so, yeah, it, which one? Which one? And which ones did you start with, mate? Well, so other than MySpace? yeah, so we started with MySpace. Then I think we moved to Facebook. Um, Facebook has been core to our business. That's essentially how the market started. Um, and I guess both working in marketing, we were able to use it to our advantage. There wasn't any of that, oh, I don't know how to use this. We kind of just knew and we were on it straight away, which I guess helped grow our following quite quickly. Um, I guess, you know, for a business based on the Gold Coast, quite a big following. Um, although 80% is probably local, there is about 20% of our followers who would be international or out of state. Um, but yeah, definitely, it changes, the messaging changes. We find, you know, Facebook works really well for videos and live videos, that sort of thing. Um, Instagram's better for us for images and telling stories. So we, we definitely use the accounts differently. Um, we do have other channels, Twitter, Pinterest, all that sort of thing. And we use, I suppose we use all of them for different, different things. Yeah. yeah. And who's charged with the responsibility of capturing that content on the day? So we, either Marissa or I capture it on the day or we have staff who are walking around constantly with cameras. So um, yeah, it really comes down to, we've got a huge image library um, and we often have shoots with local photographers um, or videographers come in and we, that's one of our things we love, you know, capturing the feel of the markets, particularly on video. Um, it really translates well on Facebook and Instagram when you pop up a little video and everyone loves it. So um, yeah, we're constantly capturing content at the markets. Yeah. And we always have our image library is massive. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the strength that, you know that you hold in marketing, both of you. Yeah. You know, just you know that stuff's yeah. super important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it makes a difference. Um, our background is marketing and events. That's what we've always done. So it's really yeah, just worked to our advantage. Yeah. So you both did marketing and business at yeah. uni. So. Um, how has the business side of your learning played out? Did that play out well when you were doing your business plan? Um, I think for Marissa and I, we, we both, well, I worked, I know for myself, I worked while studying. So I didn't, I studied at night, went to lectures at night, shoots at night. And my first job was as marketing assistant for um, Mantra Resorts, so Mantra Resort Group. So I was really lucky. I had an amazing boss who kind of let me just do anything. It was pretty hands-on. Um, and I worked with some great mentors there. So I think um, 
just absorbing everything you can on the job business-wise was really important um, and again at Zarafas I worked really closely with the CEO there, um, the founder and he is, just has one of those great entrepreneurial minds so just used to suck everything in, <laughs> everything you could, you yeah. just listen and, and watching a company like that grow so quickly it's, yeah, I mean you definitely learn things on the job that we've been able to come away and implement in our own business. Um, but I think when we initially started, yeah, it's easy to bang out a business plan like you've been taught. But it's in, you know, when it comes to actually implementing it, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so the more experience, it was great, I think, having that experience, you know, having uni and the practical experience behind us, it really made our business plan just work. Yeah. yeah. That's brilliant. I mean, I think you're very lucky to have had those mentor those mentoring uh, opportunities yeah. with you know two bosses if you like or managers um, and not everybody gets that opportunity so some of us have to go looking a little bit harder uh, for that mentor and um, and I've been fortunate I've had a couple uh, that I've worked for um, but also had to go on out, go out and find yeah. them so where are you at now with that whole mentorship um, thing is it have you got a current mentor? So we still call, I still call on my old bosses. Cool. Um, awesome. And I have a, a, used to work closely with a business coach who I'll still contact um, if I need a hand with anything. So definitely, you know, there are times when, you know, sometimes you really need to look outside the box and you can get stuck in your own little world. So it's really important sometimes, you know, just phone call or email, reach out to someone. What do you think about this? And I've never had anyone say, oh, I'm too busy or can't, I don't have time for that. Always 100% straight back to you. Give me a call now and we can chat or call me when I'm in the car on the way home or, you know. Brilliant. Yeah, there's always, there's always someone who's willing to give you a hand. That's so I great. think, yeah, you just have to really reach out to people. Yeah, yeah. And, and what about Marissa? You both have each other on speed dial, I imagine. So, yeah. Um, are you working in the same office or working no, from home? No, we both work from home. So, yeah, cool. But, um, we're not far from each other, so we still do like, if we do do anything, it's often at one another's house, so we're always either there or, you know, messengers going red hot all the time, so yeah, and text messages and all that sort of thing, so Instagram chats is, you know, a million channels going, so when any, there's, there's an idea, it's, yeah, it's there straight away and oh, cool. ready to go, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Um, so... I just want to touch on you know that that starting point again, and you know there was the business plan, and did you raise capital or was it savings or was no, it? No, it was savings. So yeah, we just used our own savings to start, um, and for probably for about two years, invested everything we made straight back into the markets. Wow. So that was probably one of the reasons we you know, weren't prepared to leave our full-time jobs, um, just because. Yeah, there there wasn't an income available. Everything went straight back into the markets and growing the business. You know, buying things like signage and speakers and a good camera and those sort of things and spending money on advertising. Um, so, yeah, I think yeah we've never borrowed money. We've always been a cash business, and that's something that we're really proud of. I mean, initially, no one would lend us money. It was in two thousand and eight. GFCs just hit. There is no way a bank's giving anyone any money, yeah, particularly yeah. not. Yeah. You know, we put our hand up, and they're like, "I don't think so." But now, you know, we get letters every week from our bank offering us overdrafts and loans oh, and things. Yeah. But which is quite funny. But yeah, we're um, yeah, have never borrowed money, and I don't think probably ever will. We're yeah, pretty good at 
making sure we're growing the business using our own capital. That's unreal. That's unreal. Yeah. That's a, and, and so you said before that your bosses were pretty cool with, mm-hmm. with doing that. So you were both working yep. um, and running the village markets as well. Was there any crossover like during the workday where you just had to make a phone call, you just had to send an email and, and how did you manage that or yeah. was it always after hours? Definitely on lunch breaks I'd work, yeah, if I had a lunch break, half hour, an hour lunch break, I'd make phone calls, you know, if someone had rang and it was urgent, definitely ring them back. There wasn't much crossover um, at work but it was a lot of after hours so I know I'd get home and I'd get home at you know five or six and I'd go straight into my office and start working on the markets at night and then all weekend so it was definitely yeah not much of a life happening for those you know that that those two three years where we were doing the double the double jobs but um it's definitely worth it how important was it to have bosses that understood that you were chasing your dream there and that supported you in that yeah really important I think if you would have had um I know for myself if I would have had an employer or a boss who, you know, was not interested in you doing your own thing or unsupportive, it probably would have either made me leave the business sooner or, um, or I guess, yeah, re-evaluate what I was doing maybe. Um, but I think because I did work with someone who was an entrepreneur, you know, worked his way up from nothing to having an amazing business, it, yeah, kind of helps fuel your fire a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's an important message for all employers today that, you know, um, everybody's got a dream. Mm. And, and um, I think there's a song about that. But, <laughs> you know, that is important to nurture, nurture those, yeah. those, those dreams and aspirations of your employees. And, and um, that, you know, employment isn't forever, yep. possibly too. Yeah, know? and I think that um, perception that it is is, is definitely fading quickly and yeah. everyone wants to do their own thing now so I think it's um yeah kind of in- inevitable if you're an employee you really have to embrace um that people do want to do their own thing and provide them with the freedom or you know n- not restrict what they're doing um yeah. as long as it doesn't impede on their work I don't see why it should be a problem yeah yeah well one of the reasons why this show exists is because we're already amidst the entrepreneur revolution and and we know that yeah. <laughs> and we just felt that well there's just a little bit of a gap there for, for a bit more mentorship that's all so uh, hence why storytelling is, yeah. is, is really valuable and and you've got to fit it in where you fit it in yeah, you know that's those, right. those yeah. lessons learning those yeah. lessons thanks so much Sarah I, I absolutely enjoy loved our conversation and um, you know it's very dynamic and I, and I don't think I looked at my questions once um, <laughs> yeah. I would ask you very quickly, have you had any doubts along the way like about maybe this new growth and 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 we touched on you leaving, yeah, that was a bit scary, but yeah yeah, I think definitely um whenever you're in your own business, there can be challenges, you know we've hit some massive walls, um whether it be with council and you know or all sorts of things there can be imitators, anything like that. There are definitely times um, when you can doubt what you're doing and doubt yourself. Um, Marissa and I have kind of formulated, it works for us, but you know, we could, something could happen and we could get really fired up about it or think, oh God, why is this happening to us? And we'll always draft an email or draft a letter and we just read it to each other, 
and go, we'll sleep on it. And then, of course, the next morning, we're never sending it. We, just <laughs> we always just write something down, look at it, have a laugh the next day and think, oh, well, just let it go. And I think we've, we've learned to become really resilient um, and we just never take no for an answer. Yeah. Um, if someone says no to us, we always kind of think, well, there's a way around this. And we've always been able to find a way around any problem. And I think that's really important um, when you're starting a business or you're an entrepreneur or, you know, you just, um, you get a lot of no's yeah. and the, the best thing you can do is just think, oh, well, that's fine. It's just a small roadblock. I'll just work around it. That's great. Yep. Don't be afraid of the no, absolutely. Yeah, you get a lot yeah. of no's and um, yeah, it's just sometimes it's just, part, it's just part of the journey. Yeah, and I also love the draft the email, yeah. say everything you want to say and <laughs> press delete. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just sleep on it and the next morning you wake up and think, yeah, that was not a good idea. <laughs> we were never sending that and we, we do that all the time. So we're often like draft something, yep, each other will proof it and then we just think, oh, just sleep on it and the next morning you're like, yeah, we're I'm sure there's plenty that. of good emails going out without <laughs> pressing delete. But yeah, there would be the odd one for sure. Yeah, yeah. So. absolutely. Are there any books or resources that you use to, I guess, learn from and, and, and do you have a favourite? Um, definitely one of the ones that I think has been real influential for me, which a lot, I suppose a lot of people have read, is The Power of Now. Um, that was introduced to me by my business coach when I was working at Zarafas and I suppose that really changed my um, mindset. You know, I spent there was definitely a lot of sleepless nights and things where I'd be so worried about work or my business that um, I was almost losing a bit of control. Um, but I think that book for me really, and I've had many friends and um, colleagues read it, kind of just makes you realise, you know, there's nothing you can do except for where you are in the present moment and that's all you've got to worry about. And I think that's been, that particular book has been really good, not only for my health, but just for my, you know, as a business mind, making sure I'm always focused on what's happening now, not worrying about, you know, particularly what's happened in the past or the future, but just focusing on now. Um, and I think that's something when you're in your own business, you can just, your mind can just run away with thoughts and ideas. And um, it's really good just to bring it back and just focus on what you're doing now. Um, another book I love is by Sophie Amoruso, Nasty Girl. So she's the founder of um, Nasty Girl Clothing Store. And, She's currently worth more than Beyonce. So she's an amazing businesswoman. She started selling on eBay and her book is just brilliant. She's one of those, um, she started the whole hashtag girl boss. So, yeah. and just, um, I think her book really, it's really inspiring, you know. She again started with nothing, now has this amazing business and, and she's really paving the way for women, on, women entrepreneurs. Um, but yeah, that'd be probably two of my favourites. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing those. We'll find those yep. on, on a bookstore and uh, share those links in the show notes for sure. Great. So following you uh, personally, do you have a personal social account that you like to keep up to date? Yeah, so I definitely keep my LinkedIn account up to date cool. with um, sort of anything that's happening with the markets. Um, and yeah, that'd be, or Twitter would be the best place to contact okay. me. Great. And obviously, there's a there's a village market. Uh, yep. Instagram, Facebook. Yep. And website. So, uh, what's the website address? Just thevillagemarkets.co. Cool. And all our social media hand um, handles are the village markets. So yeah, yeah, you can find us there. 
Excellent. Plenty of content there to keep everybody busy yep. and following the story. Absolutely love it, Sarah. Thanks so much. Thank you.